Greetings, Unstoppable Yes You podcast listeners. I'm your host, Carlos Phillip, bringing you a brand new series, Caribbean Women in Tech. As a woman in the technology field for over 15 years, I've been asked a lot of questions over the years about my job and the industry I work in. So I decided to call on my Caribbean sisters in the tech field to provide insights for those of you that are interested in identifying pathways to careers in tech. Today, I'm speaking with a dear friend, Nicole Spence-Goom. Nicole is an agile coach and lead consultant at Excella. Excella is an IT consulting firm that helps their clients harness the power of technology. Nicole has been working in IT for over 20 years in various roles. Today, she specializes in team coaching and facilitation and has empowered IT teams to increase their workflow and boost their productivity and performance. Nicole, welcome. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for having me. So, Nicole, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about tech at all. I wanted to be a fashion designer, which was like, what? How did that come to be? All I can remember is that when I was about eight or nine, I remember drawing tons of pictures in my room, dresses and stuff. So I think I was just influenced by a lot of fashion magazines. And I just thought it was the best thing to do was to like create outfits and dresses and all those kinds of things. So I didn't even have any concept of technology at that stage of my life. What was your first job in the tech industry and what drew you to the industry? I went to school at the University of Ottawa in Canada and the program I was in, it was a management information systems program, which was a combination of computer science and business management. And I was in this program that was a co-op program where I could do work terms and school terms alternately. And so technically my first job in the tech industry was during one of those work terms at the Royal Canadian Mint. Outside of that experience, my first legitimate job in technology was as a developer. And it was my first job. I was recruited straight out of school and I was coding in COBOL. What drew me to technology was actually someone who was a family friend. And I went back and forth between Canada and Jamaica a lot. And I was with my sister in Canada and there was a family friend who was actually in the tech field and I got an opportunity to like interview him to find out what he did and I just thought it was very interesting in terms of how they can build something that other people can use and how fast it operates so that was kind of like my initial interest in what drew me in. So you went from aspiring fashion designer to tech. So now you're an agile coach. So tell us what an agile coach does and kind of quickly take us through a day in your life. At a high level, I would say that an agile coach acts like a change agent. You know, our main job in an organization is to help shift and improve organizational behaviors at different levels to produce better results in the context of delivering solutions or product. An Agile coach will enable people to respond more quickly and with less risk for business opportunities. And 
in my role as an agile coach, I can take on many different sub roles as a teacher, as a mentor, as a facilitator, or even as a professional coach. As someone who's acting as a teacher in that role, you're you're training other people about the different agile frameworks because there are tons out there. So whatever they're happening to use at their organization, you act as a teacher and a trainer to help educate them on that. You know, as a mentor, you are constantly mentoring uh, the different people on the teams and other agile facilitators that are in the organization at the time. But as for my day in the life, it can vary from one day to the next. So right now, like today, I have been coaching and guiding more leadership executive type people. So they're initiating a new program and I'm working with them to help clarify their vision for what the program is going to be. A lot of them had ideas about, oh yeah, we already know what we want to do. But by the time I facilitated a session where they had to express each of them individually, what is their intent? It was, it became clear that not everybody was on the same page. And so a lot of the times my my role is a, is not really about talking myself, but helping to reveal things to the people I'm helping facilitate. Why do companies need an agile? Like why do they come to you? Basically, they come to me, you know, the c- context is not really important whether it's in tech or if it's in a different industry. They would come to me if they're looking to change behaviors. So something that they're currently doing is not working or is not working well. And so they're looking for a different way to do their work, but having someone there to guide them in some new techniques. And, you know, this can be at really different levels. You know, it might be at the executive level where they're needing to think about their strategy and they can use a leadership coach or whether it's about getting teams on the same page and you might use a coach in that perspective. But another element of why, you know, an organization might want a coach is about creating more transparency to reveal any kind of issues in their current process or workflow earlier so they can respond quickly and reduce risk, you know, in their um, business process. And do all of these needs map back to some type of technology that allows them to address those needs? Yeah. So if you're going to where all my bread and butter is, which is software development, a lot of organizations bring in agile coaches and, and teams in order to deliver faster. So a lot of the the things that were happening in more traditional project management was that there were a lot of things happening, but there was no actual results coming out the other end, the other side. And then, you know, using an agile coach, educating your team in agile methods helps to produce those results and to see results more quickly. Now it could be in smaller pieces, but you're getting the opportunity to provide feedback sooner as opposed to waiting two years, 
for a development team to produce this app. And then you look at it and it's like, well, that's not really what I wanted. And, you know, it takes so much more work to change it at that particular point. I did some research and it appears that the agile coach market has been growing rapidly and becoming mainstream. So what type of education and skills does one need to become an agile coach? When I was at university, I pursued a, a degree. It was a Bachelor of Commerce because I went to school in Canada, which would probably be the equivalent of a Bachelor's of Business here. And what I was going for when I chose the degree I did was that I was not doing purely computer science, but also handling business management at the same time. So that was helpful for me because I was getting the knowledge early on in my education as opposed to after I graduate. But honestly, for the majority of people who are in the IT industry now have come from diverse backgrounds. Um, One of my colleagues that I worked with, Dane, he had a background in psychology. Another one, Lisa, her background was in instructional design. So I think really what it is, is that your degree is not as important as really getting more certifications and hands-on experience. The, the, a lot of the education is in certifications more than actual degrees now. And what are some of those core certification that someone would have to get if they wanted to get into the field? So there are a variety of certifications. There is a plethora of different certifications offered by the Scrum Alliance for that speak to the Scrum framework. So there is, you know, a certified Scrum master, certified Scrum product owner, and then you can go into like the certified Scrum coach and their enterprise level coach. And then there are other ones that speak to scaling, which is a whole other topic. And you can get certifications like less. And there's another one called safe. And so there, there is a wide breadth of certifications you can get. The first one I got when I was still acting as a business analyst was offered by the Project Management Institute, which was called PMIACP, which is Agile Certified Practitioner, because that one was more generic and wasn't restricted to one type of Agile framework. So it gave you a broad understanding of the whole Agile universe. And then I went on and pursued some of my certifications from the Scrum Alliance and from Scaled Agile and all those other organizations. For those listeners who may not know what Scrum means, can you explain that in sort of layman's terms? Sure. Scrum is a framework that's under the large umbrella of many different agile methodologies in order to do um, in order to do software, primarily software development. So it is this concept of creating short time boxes where you you break your planning down for these like for example two week periods and figure out how much work you can actually do in that time period and then at the end of that two week time period you do kind of a review with your stakeholders to say okay this is what we were able to produce in this time and get that feedback a lot sooner so scrum is just one of one of those many different methodologies and picks 
techniques in the agile world. Thank you for that. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and get a little more personal. You've been in tech for about 20 years or so, and it's been a long career journey. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges you encountered as a Black woman in tech, and how did you handle them? The kind of challenges I had were I don't think were any different than anybody else who's not in tech. For example, one of them was about career direction. I was in many different roles for a variety of reasons. And it basically boiled down to, I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. So I ended up trying a lot of different things. So, you know, I started as a developer, hated it. And so I said, all right, let me be a, become a test analyst. I tried that role, hated it, and tried another role. And so that was basically my way to figure out really where I excelled and where my strengths were. And so I ended up uh, after becoming a test analyst into the business analyst role. And I was in that role for quite a long time because I really enjoyed being that bridge between the business customer and the development team and being that kind of bridge or translator to help translate the business needs into something that the developers could understand. And then another part was when I was new in Agile. So, you know, it's just like when you're starting a totally different career and you don't have the relevant experience. You know, I that was a big challenge for me because I was a business analyst, but I was like, okay, I want to become, you know, a scrum master and eventually an Agile coach. How do I do that? So how I broke into it was by actually seeking a community. So there was this one meetup group called DC Scrum User Group that I attended on a regular basis, and I got to meet a lot of people in the industry. And so having that exposure, you know, they would have a presenter every week that talked about different topics. So I learned a lot just from going to those meetups. But I also sought to like attend conferences and get more training, like with the certifications that I talked about in order to bridge that gap. And then I specifically sought roles that had some kind of combination of both what I was good at and what I was striving to pursue. But as for specific project challenges, a lot of it had to do with just people, you know, in terms of having to deal with arguments with developers as a business analyst. I mean, on one project I was on, we had all just been exposed to Agile and our our customer said, okay, we're going to go Agile and do this project. And none of us really knew what we were doing. And so there was a lot of fighting because the developers were like, well, we're not going to read all that documentation. And then the business analysts were all mad because that's what they do most of the time. And so what I did during that particular time was I, you know, kind of put my ego aside as to all of this work I had done and really tried to listen to the developers to say, okay, well, if this is not what you need, how do you need us to provide you with the information? It's really about putting your ego aside and thinking about what's best for the greater good and for the the project as a whole. Um, and, and I think when you take that approach, people kind of let their defenses down and will listen to you 
because you're you're becoming more curious about what they need and not just what you need. That's really great. There are some really good points that you brought up. As you think about your professional career, what advice would you have given your younger self? The first thing I would say would be don't be afraid to cross the line. And what I mean by that is by doing things outside of what is expected of you. This can be in the context of just your role or in the context of stretching yourself. So I wanted to reference this uh, Harvard Business Review article that just talked about women when they were applying to new positions. You know, they basically said that a lot of women indicated the top reason they don't apply to a position is because they were following the guidelines about who should apply, what qualifications you have, where a much smaller percentage of men indicated that as their reason. So a lot of this comes from girls being socialized to follow rules and being in the habit of following guidelines. And so that becomes a a mental barrier for women. And so that's what I mean about crossing the line. You just have to apply for that job anyway. You know, say yes to that challenge anyway, because you don't know where it's going to lead you. And I think that finding your community for support, where you can be vulnerable and share your goals and aspirations free of naysayers, is very important to help you get over those humps of not feeling good enough or that you don't know enough or anything like that. Just really focus on your strengths and think that you don't have to master everything, right? Become a specialist, specialize in your strengths. And then the last thing I would probably say to my younger self is that you have a unique experience to share. So don't think that it's not as important as anyone else's story. What do you believe it, what it takes to be successful in your specific role? I think one of the things that you really need in this agile coach role is a lot of empathy because you're not in a, you're more in a position of influence as opposed to power per se, right? So you are operating from a place where you are trying to help people along in their journey. So you're trying to embody empathy for where they are and where they need to go. So that also relates to having deep listening skills. You have to really pay attention to what people are saying and how that differs from what they're actually doing. Because, you know, it, it helps to really try to get to the nitty gritty of, of where somebody is operating from in order to show to them what may be blocking them, how they may be blocking themselves. And we have in the Agile space this concept of servant leadership. And that's kind of the essence of being a coach is to exhibit servant leadership. So you're you're in a leadership position, but you're there to serve. You're there to serve to help others become better. You're there to serve to help others be more productive, to be more high performing, to help them reach their goals. And then I would say 
it would also take a lot of flexibility, especially in my role in a IT consulting firm. I may not go on every client site as an agile coach. Sometimes they might actually need like a, a team facilitator, like a scrum master, and I would go and do that. So you have to have a lot of flexibility and not really get caught up in titles because your main job is to serve and to help these teams become the best they can and ultimately have a willingness to keep learning. I equate it to like yoga. It's a practice. You're never perfect. You're always practicing. So you have to have that mindset about constant learning and personal growth. Awesome. What do you enjoy most about what you do? I really enjoy working with lots of different people. And, you know, consulting allows me to have that um, opportunity and just kind of helping them continuously improve as opposed to a situation where, you know, a lot of at the end of a lot of projects, people will do like a lessons learned to say, what went well during this whole project? What didn't? And then it would probably get buried in some shelf somewhere and nobody would ever look at it again. But in my role as a coach, we are constantly looking to improve. So we're, we're looking at those kinds of things on a more frequent basis. So you can actually apply the learnings that you got from, you know, the last, the last experience or the last period of time that we were working together to see what you can change or what you can do better. And I really love being in that servant leader role. I think it suits my personality the best. And just being that person to hold the space to allow people to thrive and to be their most productive and their most motivated. Um, this author, David Pink, he has these drivers for motivation and I really, I really connect with it because it's like, these are the thing, these three things are what motivates people to do their best work, purpose, autonomy, and mastery. And I feel that in my role as an agile coach, I have the opportunity to work with different people to help them understand their purpose in their projects, you know, to create spaces for them to be more autonomous and to have more decision-making power about how they do their work. And, you know, in my role as a teacher, I get to teach them a new, a new framework, a new process that they can take with them on their career journey. You're also a member of Agile in Color. Tell us a little bit about of that organization. Why did you join and why you believe it's needed? The mission of Agile in Color is to provide mentoring, coaching, and learning opportunities for Black Agilists and thought leaders so that they can increase visibility and also to create growth opportunities for them. So the Agile in Color group is responsible for they create mentoring circles specifically targeting Black Agilists, as well as providing lots of learning opportunities, providing speaking opportunities for Black Agilists who have aspirations of being thought leaders in the Agile community. And also, 
advocating on behalf of Black Agilists to be invited to speak at conferences, you know, helping them work work on their proposals or submission to conferences, and, you know, whether they want to do podcasts, meetups, or other related media. And so how I joined this organization is very interesting. So last year, you know, as protests were raging over George Floyd's death, the Agile Alliance, which is a nonprofit, which Agile in Color is is under its umbrella, um, Agile Alliance sought to take proactive steps to try and foster conversations about the experience of Black people and other people of color in the Agile community and looking for ways to uplift and amplify their voices. So I had participated in these growing racial equity sessions that they had last year, and they, they were using this to kind of peel back the onion and confront the elephant in the room about racism and you know the systematic effects on people of color, and particularly within our Agile community. But it wasn't just about talking, it was also about action. So out of that, they were looking for people to come up with some concrete action to improve the situation. My focus in these conversations was around increasing Black representation in Agile thought leadership. Because I observed in the conferences I went to, there were very few Black speakers. Even at meetups, there were very few. And even just attending conferences, there were very few people of color there because sometimes they're cost prohibitive. So out of these sessions, you know, a group of like-minded, globally dispersed strangers came together with the mission to further amplify Black Agilists and Agilists of color. And so that was how Agile in Color was born. And I was a founding member from that group. Well, bless you for that. And I see that you're very active on LinkedIn. So continue to do that. So in closing, since you're a Jamaican girl, I have a question for you. This is more of a fun question. So if you had to choose between two things, which one is a must? Aki and saltfish or jerk chicken? Oh my gosh, that is so hard to choose. I would have to say Aki and saltfish. I mean, that's such an integral part of my childhood memories. I don't think I could go without that. Thank you. To our Unstoppable Yes You Tribe, thank you so much for your time. I hope you found this information valuable. If you're new to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, don't forget to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Red Circle to get new episodes delivered to you as they drop. Lastly, visit unstoppableyesu.com for more content, including profile articles on Caribbean achievements and excellence.